Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we'd go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Coming up on the Behind the Mic Podcast, football is a violent game and injuries come with it. Some of the best of all time made a choice when injuries impacted their careers, and sometimes that choice was made for them. You're behind the mic with Michael Neal Jr., All right, let's go. NFL historians, this isn't for you. The show is not for you. This is for those who don't know as much. So we are here to enlighten. Enlightenment. But please correct me if I'm wrong. I'm always here to learn. It's the Behind the Mic podcast. I'm your host, Michael Neal Jr. This show is presented by Belly Up Sports, Belly Up Sports Podcast Network, the BellyUpSports.com webpage check it out this show as well as others articles as well you can hear the shows on Spreaker Apple Podcast Spotify Google Podcast Amazon Music Stitcher iHeartRadio some shows are on YouTube well a lot of shows of our shows are on YouTube as well so we're going to get right to it uh okay first of all on last week the show was basically focused on the greatest players of all time that were late round draft picks even some that were undrafted. And I knew I was going to forget somebody. And it was Deacon Jones. Deacon freaking Jones. I can't believe I forgot that one. So I'm going to honor him at the top of the show. This man actually invented the term sack. And unfortunately, during his playing days, they did not count those yet. He was a 14, 14th, y'all heard that? A 14th round draft pick in 1961 by the LA Rams. But there's a reason for that. In 1958, he played a year at South Carolina State. In 1959, he didn't play at all. According to NFL.com, he was inactive. (laughs) So he didn't play at all. But in 60, in 1960, he played his final season of college ball at Mississippi Vocational. More on that in a second. He was an eight-time Pro Bowl selection once he got into the league. Seven straight at one point and Defensive Player of the Year in 1967 and 1968. And in 14 years playing football, his last year was with the Washington football team, all due respect. He only missed five games. Of a possible 196 games, he played 191 during his Hall of Fame career. Amazing. But check out these facts, though. Of course, there were no sack totals that was kept back then, right? Michael Strahan holds the single season record for sacks with 22 and a half. They didn't start counting sacks until 1981. According to NFL.com, NFL Films, for instance, they go back and they review old footage. And in 1967 and 68, when he won Defensive Player of the Year, there was a reason for that. In 67, he recorded 26 sacks. And in 68, he had 24 sacks. So that's, I mean, that's ridiculous. 
That's a lot of sacks. He's the only 14th round draft choice that's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And for those who don't know Mississippi Vocational, it was later renamed Mississippi Valley State. You might know a fellow Hall of Famer of his that played at that same school. Jerry Rice, anybody? All right. So, yeah, I mean, those are some amazing, amazing facts behind there. There's more, but those are the ones that hit me the, the most. Um, Deacon Jones, I cannot believe I forgot you. So we're going to start the show off uh, with the thing y'all are waiting on. What you like the most? <laughs> I'm kidding. I have no idea. The rundown. The NFL kicked off week three in Houston last Thursday night. But the story wasn't the 24-9 victory for the Carolina Panthers over the tank, the Texans. Nor Sam Darnold's 304 yards passing. It was losing star running back Christian McCaffrey and first-round corner J.C. Horn to hamstring and foot injuries respectively. Rookie Chuba Hubbard from Oklahoma State, he looked pretty good replacing McCaffrey, but the question is, how long will he be filling that role? And as far as Horn is concerned, that defense overall is nasty. And he's slated to be missing a couple of weeks at corner, but as of, what, yesterday, he was placed on IR. McCaffrey apparently is week to week. He's not on IR. Time will tell, though, what this will have, the effect it will have on the defense as well as the offense but also the schedule will too. The Buffalo Bills posted another blowout. This time the victim was the Washington football team. 43 to 21. In that win, Josh Allen went plumb off. 350 yards and four touchdowns, and he ran for another, a fantasy player's dream, a fantasy football uh, team dream. I wish I had him as my quarterback. And it was also Washington quarterback Taylor Heineke's first road start. And he kept them in the game in the second quarter with a touchdown run of his own. But then the bottom fell completely out. Bears fans, that was bad. For those who didn't see the game, you didn't miss much as far as the offense. Because you didn't see any from Chicago. In Justin Fields' first start, Miles Garrett and the Cleveland Browns defense had that rookie quarterback for breakfast. Something that I missed on Sunday. The Browns sacked fields nine times Chicago people and Garrett had four and a half of them a franchise record the Bears had a total of 47 yards of offense and one counted one net yard passing one and they also had one third down conversion Browns 26 Bears 6 first of all my heart goes out to all the Detroit Lions fans Matt Campbell the Ford family and also one of my best friends and co-host of both the Die Hard Dead podcast and Detroit Lions on the Prowl, Kurt Steele. The Lions led that game. <laughs> Golly. I'm still I'm still in shock, okay? Still in shock. The Browns led the Baltimore Ravens 17-16 with 19 seconds left to go in the fourth quarter. It's fourth in 19. And the Lions gave up a big first down completion, first of all, from Lamar Jackson to Sammy Watkins. And soon after, Justin Tucker, a Hall of Famer that just happens to still play, kicks a freaking 66-yard field goal that bounces right off the crossbar and bounces good. I, I, I still can't believe it. I mean, this week, there were game-winning field goals left and right. That one right there, that's gonna that left the mark. That left a serious mark, the longest in NFL history. Of course, the record was set at first back in 1970 by Tom Dempsey, 
a 63-yarder. And guess who lost that game? The Lions. And guess what the score was? Yep, 19-17. And no, Justin Tucker, back in 2013, he's done this to the Lions before, but it was just a 61-yarder. So I'm sure that they are tired of seeing Justin Tucker walk into their stadium. But should I mention, though, that the referees, the, the Zebras missed a delay of game penalty on the Ravens. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, I'm a Steelers fan. Indianapolis Colts fans, I live in Nashville, and I don't feel sorry for you. Your team is now 0-3, thanks to the hometown Tennessee Titans. And the big robot himself, Derrick Henry, had 100 more yards. Although, Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill, he threw two more picks. He tossed three scores. That's good. I mean, it's just weird, though. But the Titans continued to turn the football over, and they had three more turnovers, and they still won. And y'all, well, you didn't steal a game, but you still won the game. That's I told y'all last week, y'all probably need to be walking around. The whole franchise needs to walk around after that Seattle game. Glad they won, though. Walking around with uh, ski masks because y'all did steal a game, and y'all pulled another one out of your butts. But it's eventually going to bite you in that butt. But... Diehard Titans fans, they would know this fact because they hadn't beaten the Colts at home here in Nashville since October of 2017. Good win, good win. Kansas City, though, first of all, after sending prayers up for Kansas City Chiefs head coach Andy Reid, he was taken to the hospital um, because he was having chest pains. He was treated for dehydration. He was eventually released, and apparently he's doing a whole lot better, okay? That out of the way, Kansas City, I'm starting to get a little bit nervous. It is early, but these turnovers are growing. And after three games, you are one and two. And while Patrick Mahomes is busy throwing two picks and both Tyreek Hill and for a second week in a row, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, both losing fumbles. LA Chargers quarterback, Justin Herbert, he's dropping dimes. Four touchdown passes to be exact. And the AFC West is really looking that's looking like it's the best division in football right now. I mean, you have the undefeated Broncos. Yeah, spoiler alert. Well, y'all know by now. Come on. It's Tuesday, but Wednesday, you're, you're listening to this. The Broncos are undefeated. I think the Raiders are, are undefeated. And the Chargers are 2-1-1. And, yeah, I know that the Chiefs are 1-2. But don't count on that being, being right. Somebody's going to miss the playoffs. Somebody. In the words of ESPN's Chris Berman, the New Orleans Saints beat the New England Patriots 28-13 to get off the schneid. Patriots rookie quarterback Mac Jones, he finally looks somewhat human after throwing three interceptions. One highlight, though, for the New England Patriots on Sunday was honoring Super Bowl 53 MVP Julian Edelman at halftime, who had just retired back in April. Big game, though, on next Sunday night. The Patriots, by the way, Tom and Gronk, they're coming back to town. <laughs> well, well, well. Guess who got their first win on Sunday? New, <laughs> the new Falcons head coach, Arthur Smith. Yep. Another game winning field goal. This one, Young Ho Koo for 40 yards out to lift the Falcons over the New York Giants, 17 to 14. That's all you need to know. The Giants still can't run and run the football. And speaking of not being able to run the football, look, the Pittsburgh Steelers look terrible on offense. Pittsburgh can't run the football. Big Ben is back to throwing the football 50 times, and almost half of his 30 completions on Sunday, they went to running back Najee Harris. He caught 14 passes. 14. And I told you before, 
As far as the Bengals are concerned, I'm scared of Joe Burrow. And now Jamar Chase, he decides to catch almost everything, every pass thrown his way. And he only caught four balls Sunday, but two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. Ugh, golly. Yeah, I, I'm going to be all right. Cincinnati 24, Steelers 10. Pathetic. 2013, while the Denver Broncos, they still had kicker Matt Prater. He did two things. Okay. He set an NFL record for extra points in a season with 75. And then he eventually kicked the longest field goal in NFL history by nailing a 64-yarder against the Tennessee Titans. He held the previous record before your man, oh God, for the Ravens did it on Sunday against the Detroit Lions. And he he nailed a 64-yarder against the Tennessee Titans to end the first half on Sunday. This, this Sunday, this past Sunday, Prater, now with the Arizona Cardinals, lined up to attempt a 68-yarder just before the half against the Jacksonville Jaguars. If you saw it, you know what happened. It, now, that kick, if he made it, he would have broke his previous record and still hold the record. The kick came up short, and Prater's old Detroit Lions teammate, Jaguars receiver and return man, Jamal Agnew, took it all the way to the house, 109 yards for a touchdown. Play-by-play man Gus Johnson, he was on the call for Fox. And if you know anything about Gus Johnson, I, st- I believe that that man literally exploded in the booth. I, I think he did. I, th- I, I he-, he literally exploded. He cleared that whole thing out. And that tied, it, it, now you have a three-way tie for the longest touchdown in NFL history. The other two are a kickoff return by Cordero Patterson and uh, another copycat, Antonio Cromari. Cromarty, he returned a missed field goal for 109 yards of a touchdown as well. Now, as far as the game was concerned, Jacksonville had a 19-10 lead, but they couldn't hold it. Trevor Lawrence, he had two picks and two fumbles, including a pick six. And 21 points later, the Cardinals won 31-19. Kyler Murray didn't even have to throw a touchdown pass. It's impressive. And as an extra note, according to Laurie Fitzpatrick of Touchdown Wire, Trevor Lawrence is now the third quarterback selected first overall to throw at least two interceptions in each of his first three NFL starts. The other two, Troy Eggman and Peyton Manning. Now, the future, it could be still very bright for Trevor. But, you know, it's funny. I saw a number after all the games were wrapped up on, I think it was on ESPN. And the rookie quarterbacks this year, they're 1-11. and That's their record. They're one and 11. They've thrown, I think it was 12 touchdowns to 19 interceptions. And they have a 42 QBR. That's, that's not great. (laughs) It's not great. But again, you never know. A lot of people started off rough. Another week, another L for the New York Jets. Speaking of rough. And this time at the hands of the now 3-0 Denver Broncos. And I still maintain if the Broncos don't don't make the playoffs, head coach Vic Fangio, he will be a defensive coordinator for somebody. Somebody, I don't know if it'll be college or the pros, but he's going to not have that job anymore. And rookie quarterback Zach Wilson, he got sacked five more times on Sunday. And I'm wondering if y'all seen those Bud Light Spritzer commercials? Nick Mangold probably needs to stop blocking out the Bud Light part on the can and probably go back to his old Jets squad. They could use some help right now. With three minutes and seven seconds left to go in the first quarter, the Miami Dolphins had a 14-0 lead lead 
over the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders scored 25 straight points before Miami stormed back to tie the game at 28 and send that game into overtime. And of course, my fantasy kicker, Vegas kicker Daniel Carlson, ended another thriller of the week and for the Raiders with a 22-yard field goal as time expired. Derek Carr is on fire. 386 more yards through the air. Yeah, they've gone old school. The bomb is back. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, though, eh, not so much. Their running game was last seen on a milk carton. And Tom Brady led them in rushing with 14 yards. 14. Wide receiver Chris uh, Godwin, he had the first rushing touchdown of the Buccaneers season. And Brady also ran for one. So, But the entire game, it was all L.A. Rams. And sure, Brady, he threw for over 400 yards, but that's all that that offense could do is throw the football. Aaron Donald and them boys, they were not having it. They were not. The Buccaneers' defense, they look lost. We were talking about that at work today. And they they didn't, they played so-so football like this at the beginning of the season last year. But it wasn't towards until towards the end of the year that they turned up the heat. But in... I mean, they're not the same defense right now. That's why it's year to year. The backfield, they couldn't cover a bed with a sheet. And on several occasions, they allowed the Rams receivers to run down the field by themselves. Y'all saw that touchdown with Deshaun Jackson? I think it was, what, 75 yards? Did you watch the replays of some of those completions that Stafford had? There was nobody in the camera but Cooper Cup. Nobody in the camera but... You know, name that receiver for the Rams, Deshaun Jackson. There wasn't a Buccaneer in the screen. It's still early, and I, but I, I believe the Rams, they're the team to beat in the NFC. But we'll definitely find out when it actually gets cold. Sunday Night Football, Green Bay at San Francisco. They played a perfect intro song for the two starting quarterbacks. Bill Withers, use me until you use me up. Perfect for the situations that presented themselves. The Packers, Aaron Rodgers. The 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo, they're referring to the drafting of the quarterbacks in the first round, Jordan Love and Trey Lance. And for a minute, I thought the Garoppolo was going to get pulled. I, I really did because the offense was not doing well uh, for the 49ers. But fourth quarter, though, and I'm watching camera shots of Devontae Adams and of Aaron Rodgers on the sideline. And it's like they looking like they knew that they were going to lose the football game. At least Devontae Adams, he's sitting there covering his his face and all you can see is eyes. That's all you could see. But on the other sideline, Jimmy Garoppolo, he needed this. He needed that last drive for at least for one night. Drive down the field, him throwing the football and him actually throwing a touchdown pass, not handing the football off and for somebody else to do it. He took a 28 to 27 lead with the touchdown pass. He, he threw it to Kyle Juszczyk, but they left too much time on the clock. Aaron Rodgers, Drove the pack down the field with 37 seconds left. Adams had a key grab in 49ers territory for a big first down. Mason Crosby, he nails a 51-yarder. Ball game, Packers 30, Niners 28. Now, lastly, I don't hate the Dallas Cowboys, but I totally get why Cowboys fans are so disliked. You should know. But, I mean, I like the Cowboys, and I don't hate Dallas Cowboys fans, but they, you do get on my nerves. I, I'll be honest. I'll be straight up. You do get on my nerves sometimes. And a lot of y'all are my friends, and one of them is my brother. But he's kind of different. He's not out there with it like, Cowboys, Cow No, no, he's more of a realist, and sometimes he's too hard on the Cowboys. But 
And one of my buddies, Cedric, I'll call your name out, came to work today with a towel as big as he was running through the station at FedEx because of that 41 to 21 dub that the Dallas Cowboys collected on Monday night against the Philadelphia Eagles. Defense looks a lot better. Ricky linebacker Michael Parsons, corner Trayvon Diggs, they are the two keys. They have a good one-two punch with the running game, Zeke Elliott, Tony Pollard. The other thing was it, it was great to see him back in Dallas starting his first game since his injury. That was his first game back, and it was great seeing him play so well. Philly, though, has some work to do. But to be fair to both teams, they were missing players on the offensive line. No excuses for either side. But the team in green, they made too many mistakes. It should be interesting this week, though. Philly, they've got Kansas City. And the Cowboys, they got the Panthers. We'll see what happens. But there you go. And again, I'm referring back to next Sunday night, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They go into Foxborough. Speaking of Tom Brady. Brady, he's rare. It's rare what he is doing. And sure, I call him a vampire, but he's only he's only suffered one serious injury, which was the torn ACL. And he's known now for taking really good care of himself. Not everybody comes back from injuries. And just some, just some, decide, I'm leaving the game. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. After all the injuries that I've seen over this past weekend, in college, for example, watched all the college football every Saturday. Wisconsin, Notre Dame, they played in Chicago. In Soldier Field, fighting our Irish quarterback, Jack Cohn, he used to play for Wisconsin, right? Until the coaching staff, Paul Christ and company, they decided, well, we're going to go with Graham Mertz, the young guy, and we're going to let you, you know, go on your way. And, and he did. He did. He transferred to Notre Dame. I'm glad Notre Dame won that game and the bottom fell out on Wisconsin. And I think Cone, he still was the better quarterback. But injuries played a big part in that football game. And the funny part is it actually worked out for Notre Dame because Cone on a sack twisted his ankle and he was injured. And it, it, he had to leave the game and never came back. The backup was, uh, I don't remember the kid's name at all, but he had a hamstring issue. But they brought in the third guy, Drew Pine. Pine looked like he was a starter. <laughs> he came in slinging the football. Notre Dame fix your offensive line. But it, it, it shows what can happen when you talk about depth, the, the importance of depth and all of that stuff. But it's just injuries overall, they happen in football. And you have to be prepared for them. But you look at the NFL, for instance, 
you have to understand the importance of draft, the draft and free agency, adding not just quality starters, but depth. You have to add both of those. Injuries are a part of the game. They're part of sports. And when that 10-man panel for the pregame football shows make their prognostications before the season starts, it's all based on everybody being healthy. Everybody's playing the majority of the season. Of course, injuries are that factor of whether or not a team plays to the best of their abilities during the season. But also, what about on the other side, away from the season, what about the career of a player? How injuries affect that? Raise your hand if your team has had a great player whose career was cut short by injury. Or he never reached his potential because he was hurt so much. I'm sitting there on Thursday night watching the Panthers in the Texans game thinking about Sam Darnold, especially when Christian McCaffrey pulled up lame with that hamstring injury. I just got through raving about the pieces that he finally has around him. And even DJ Moore gave them a little bit of a scare, but he came back into the game. And then you had J.C. Horn go down with the three broken bones in his foot, and he was carted off the field. The McCaffrey injury, big for several reasons, obvious reasons, but mainly him missing time for the first time in his career last year. He only played three games because of the knee injury. He finally gets back, and then he's hurt after two weeks, hurt in the third week of this season. That happens a lot, and that can affect somebody mentally. And speaking of stars for Carolina you think about that defense right now one of the stars who could have been on that defense which is beasting right now is retired linebacker Luke Keekley it'll be very difficult to convince me that Keekley was not on his way to the Pro Football Hall of Fame rookie of the year and it's not over by the way but rookie of the year he was the AP defensive player of the year in his second season the youngest to ever do so and he was a seven-time pro bowler in his eight seasons in the league but he suffered three serious concussions in three straight seasons. And the one that sticks out the most was back in 2016. If anyone remembers watching that New Orleans Saints game, he was carted off the field and he was in tears. Why? He's never spoken about it, but he did state it. He, he stated that he wanted to play, but it was the right decision that he not. You think about concussions and CTE. All of that information is out there right now. And sometimes you have to take the advice of your doctor or family. And they're going to tell you, you probably might want to stop playing, even though you really don't want to. And we have plenty of examples of that. How about Andrew Luck, for instance? That surprised everybody. Everybody. He retired after just seven years. He got tired of pain. And he had his life right away from football where he could just step up and say, hey, I'm worried, I'm through. I don't need to play football anymore. He didn't want to play football anymore. He didn't need to. He didn't. And he was tired of that pain. So he's doing other things and living a, a really good life. You have to remember also that these guys are in their, what, 30s when they retire. Some of them in their early 40s. Like I said, Tom Brady is an anomaly. He's 44 freaking years old. We've only had a handful of players like that that have ever played in the league and, and played that long well into their 40s. And that's not normal. It's not normal. The 49ers played on Sunday night, right? And that got me thinking about two linebackers that used to play for them, Patrick Willis and Chris Borland. Willis was a five-time pro, uh, all-pro. He retired at 30 after only eight years. 
He said he couldn't get over the pain in his feet. That's why he retired. Borland, he retired after one season at 24. And he talked about brain injuries and trauma and things like that. And then there's uh, Rob Gronkowski. He retired early, sat, and he talked about how stuff was coming out of his head and, you know, whatever that stuff was, that didn't sound good. And not to mention all the other issues he was having with his body. With his body. He returned last year, you know, to go with the Bucks and Tom Brady and they won a Super Bowl. That was great. But I watched him on Sunday when he caught that pass and he got depleted by a Rams defender and it hurt me to watch him get up from that. He looked like he was just in some pain the rest of the night. His ribs are fine as far as we are being told, but I think that guy is going to retire at the end of the season. And these are just a few of examples that left the game here of late. But as it says in the book, Bible, there's nothing new under the sun. Some of these players either have or had the potential to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And coming up next, I'll give you a list of those who actually are in the Hall of Fame that decide to make an early exit. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When you watch the NFL and you've watched it in the past, you have no idea how long these players are going to last. No idea. Some of them stink, <laughs> even though I respect the fact that they made it to the top. And some of them, you know, they have different levels of players, but there are some that were special. They didn't have to play 12, 13, 14 years. I talked about Deacon Jones. Yeah, he was a 14th round pick, but he played, he pre proved that he could play 14 years in the league. And you can come from anywhere, anywhere, anywhere. And you have guys that have a short career. And the ones, it's, it's not about the quality. I mean, the quantity is about the quality. It's not about how long you play, but it's, what you do when you're on the field. And these are some of the examples, some a little longer than others. And here they are. There are plenty of players that are out there, and this guy was special. Chicago Bears running back, Gale Sayers, he got into the league in 1965 and scored a rookie record 22 touchdowns. And he shares the NFL record for the number of touchdowns scored in the game with six against the San Francisco 49ers during the 65 season. And he led the NFL in rushing in 66 and also in 1969. And five straight years, he was all NFL. And he retired at the NFL's all-time kickoff return leader at the time. The man was special. And if I were to explain Gail Sayers to you, think of runners like Reggie Bush, current guys like Reggie Bush when he played, or Alvin Kamara that plays now. That was Gail Sayers. You simply could not draw a bead on this guy because of his shiftiness that he had as a runner. You blink and he was gone. So what happened to him? In 68, he had a knee injury nine games in that required immediate surgery and rehab. And it actually got him back 
the next season in 69, he rushed for 1,000 yards. And it was only his second time doing it, by the way, uh, in 69. And he won NFL Comeback Player of the Year. But that injury never went away, which led to his retirement after 1971. He retired in 72. He only played seven years, and he made the Pro Football Hall of Fame. That tells you exactly how great he was. He, he could run the football, he catch the football, and he was a return man. He did everything, everything, nothing that he couldn't do. So you have runners that can that you cannot catch, right? And then there's runners that you simply cannot tackle. And if you haven't seen any highlights of Earl Campbell, you need to. I once watched this guy literally run out of his jersey. He got ripped from his body. He was just that strong and it looked like it hurt to try to tackle that guy the houston oilers drafted the texan the uh texas longhorns heisman winner number one overall in 1978 and he was worthy of it one of the greatest running backs of all time in college football history and in nfl history he was rookie of the year three times first team all pro a five-time pro bowler he led the nfl in rushing three times and he led the nfl in touchdowns twice he retired during the preseason in 1986. This is after he made a transition from the Oilers to the Saints, which reunited him with his then-fired coach in 1984. His coach was fired, uh, Bum Phillips, in 84, I believe it was, and he ended up with the Saints and played uh, all the way to that 86 preseason. The game was taking a toll on his body. And I remember watching the football life on Earl Campbell, and that man had serious back issues. His son talked about how you could hear him hollering and crying at night and nobody could do anything. And there's a reason for that. Uh, he had been in a wheelchair, walkers, and doing the hover. I think he did the hover around thing too, but it made me hurt all over just watching him. He suffered from spinal stenosis, and that was the narrowing of the spinal canal. He also had four back surgeries and ended up with 12 screws in his back. And they talked about Every time he moved, those screws were hitting a nerve and it was nothing but pain. And this is after he retired. No doubt the game did that to him with the way that he ran violently. He only played eight years himself. Now, how about those 90s Dallas Cowboys? Two of the triplets had to hang it up prematurely. Football fans should all know Michael Irvin, the Hall of Fame wide receiver with the Dallas Cowboys and current NFL Network analyst, first-round draft pick out of Miami, multi-time Pro Bowler and All-Pro, three-time Super Bowl champ, had 1,000 yards receiving. He played 12 years. He had 1,000 yards in 11 of those 12 years and scored 65 touchdowns and caught 750 passes. But it was catch 750 that came on October 10th, 1999 in Philadelphia, that was the one that did him in. Pat Summerall and John Madden were calling the game on Fox, and like everybody else that watched Urban catch his trademark slant, but it, he went forehead first into the worst playing turf at the worst field in the NFL, Veterans Stadium. For you youngins that don't know, if your field wasn't grass, there were stadiums that used something called AstroTurf, pretty much a thin layer of green cheap carpet put over concrete. Irvin suffered temporary paralysis. And I read where, uh, and if you watch it, it's on YouTube. You can see his legs are crossed and his hands are like kind of frozen. And they, they said when he came up to him while he's laying there on the ground, they said, Michael, uncross your legs. 
and he said i did and his legs were still crossed that told you that that scared everybody around him. and I, I i saw something that i i didn't see at first dion you know he's a christian guy you know um especially now but i saw him praying and you know they did a little circle and they prayed for him and then even afterwards he's still walking around praying that that just showed you the severity of the situation and that's that's a scary thing to watch um and let alone i mean in in experiences i don't want to know what that's like but him suffering that temporary paralysis and of course the philadelphia fans were cheering while he was on the ground and i think he was down probably right 10 minutes or more and he was being attended to and once they got him into the ambulance they began cheering again and it wasn't yay he's okay no that's not what was going on very classy well both Irvin and earl campbell had spinal stenosis didn't know that and because of that condition and he was born with it apparently he had to retire at age 33 because another hit would have left permanent damage although he did want to come back no dice and then there's troy aikman the quarterback who turned into a really great color analyst for fox working alongside joe buck on fox so Irvin had to retire in 99 playmaker would be followed by his quarterback in 2000 aikman is in the college football hall of fame the pro football hall of fame super bowl mvp three rings on the way to one of those rings he suffered a concussion in the nfc championship game against the 49ers a knee to the helmet i think it was dana stubblefield as a matter of fact fast forward to 2000 and he suffered his 10th concussion and it was against the washington football team courtesy of lavar arrington he retired in 2001 he actually doesn't contribute his retirement to the concussions at all but he wanted to play for his old offensive coordinator north turner but they signed doug flutie doug flutie flakes and then he retired i look i understand that and the reason why he's on this list is because he should have he, he definitely could have still been playing that concussion i believe that played a major major role terrell davis who we talked about last week was the sixth round pick coming out of georgia had a career that resembled gail sayers short but sweet super bowl mvp nfl mvp three-time first team all pro 2000 yard rusher and like sayers davis played only seven years td was special during the regular season and as a matter of fact he's the only player in nfl history to run for 2000 yards and score 20 touchdowns he had scored 21 i think this was all in 1998 he was he also has the postseason record for rushing touchdowns with eight his career ended early because of issues with his knees of course it all started while trying to make a tackle on an interception in 1999 god that year was terrible for some great players he tore his acl and his mcl on the play and he was never the same and add to that he had to have arthroscopic surgery on both knees at one point and in 2002 he announced his retirement but it was great great career and he was honored by that why because he was inducted into the pro football hall of fame in 2017. now that nfc championship game that the Cowboys won when Aikman suffered that concussion. In that game, the quarterback on the other side was Steve Young, who had taken over for Joe Montana. And that man took over the 49ers and ran with it. The next year, I believe he was MVP. And a matter of fact, I think he 
yeah, he won more than one MVP. But Steve Young turned himself into one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And he did it late because he was actually drafted, supplemental draft, uh, by the in 1984 by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And eventually, in 86, he ended up with the San Francisco 49ers. Took over as a starting quarterback for the 49ers. The man was bad. He was a running and passing threat. You know, the only quarterback uh, outside of Sammy Ball, only two guys who had six NFL passing titles. And at one point in 94, he set the league record for passer rating with a 112.8. He threw six touchdowns in that Super Bowl, Super Bowl 29. I still have it on VHS tape, as a matter of fact. Six passing touchdowns in the Super Bowl. And his career stats... 33,000 yards and 232 touchdown passes and he ran for 43 more four-time all-pro and again yes twice he was NFL MVP seven Pro Bowls but concussions got him as well 1999 was a terrible year for Hall of Famers you lost Michael Irvin and Terrell Davis got hurt and then so did Steve Young and they in 99 the 49ers were playing a game against the Arizona Cardinals and Arneas Williams, another Hall of Famer, came on a blitz and knocked Steve Young out of the game. Yet another concussion. And from my reading, he had suffered another one that season and seven overall, at least to their count. And the 49ers said, look, you need to retire. And if you don't, we're going to release you. And to be fair, he was 37 years old, but the guy was still in weirdly enough in his prime he was kind of I guess you could say not necessarily a throwback but he was one of those quarterbacks much like now you have Brady and and um a big well no I'm not gonna say Ben Roethlisberger right now these these upper 30 and early 40 quarterbacks that are still doing it well Steve had too many concussions and he actually suffered some from some post-concussion syndrome and that's not great. So he looks good right now. And to my knowledge right now, Steve Young working for ESPN as a NFL analyst. And he's always on Monday Night Football. It was great seeing him still doing well as far as having all of his, having his mind together. Because the mind is, is, is serious. You don't want to mess with the brain. And so, yeah, a lot of these guys, they had to retire. They stepped away. Most of uh, this information is coming from the the concussions and the CTE and people losing their minds and stuff like that. I remember reading a while back the story about Tony Dorsett starting to lose it a little bit. And so many NFL players, one day I'm going to do a special on that. Not today, but this list is made up of those who actually in the Pro Football Hall of Fame whose careers were cut short. And imagine if they hadn't had those debilitating injuries. So best better believe I do have a lot more. And it's not just that. Not everybody gets hurt. There are players who just walk away. They have their reasons, but we'll get to that next week. All right, so get to these references. Thanks to Sportskeeda, 10 greatest NFL players whose careers got cut short. Article by David Barry Gear, Panthers.com, TheGuardian.com, Tom Lutz, Business Insider, 21 famous athletes who retired earlier than expected. 
dated June 23rd of 2021. Scott Davis, credit to you. NFL.com and Pro Football Hall of Fame.com. It has been the Behind the Mic podcast presented by Billy O Sports, the Billy O Sports Podcast Network. BillyOfSports.com. Again, check us out. You check out our shows, uh, my show especially, and you can hear them on Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. You better listen to my show and you better tell people about it. You better tell your mom, your daddy, or, you know, just tell your family, man, or I'll find your house out. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.